Hi, everybody. Welcome to Lunch with Dr. Nancy on Wednesday. I want to welcome everybody watching. Before we start our program today, I want to kind of talk to you about what's going on this week in the office. On uh, Saturday, we have our very first clothing swap. So this will be, it's really going to be a fun morning. Um, from 9 to 11, we've got uh, women coming, um, sizes small to extra large and some maternity clothes. And then from 11 to 1, we have um, children's clothes coming. So if you have some clothes that you want to get rid of and you want to get some new clothes for you, come on in for our clothing swap and look online on our Facebook page under events and you'll see um, the information, more information about it and where you can get tickets. We're limited on uh, space. So um, if you could get your tickets ahead of time, we'd appreciate it. And we will do this again in the fall to get ready for winter. So very excited today about our topic. This is a very unique topic that I haven't really seen and the way that... Um, Erica does her business is really unique. So I'm anxious to hear what she has to say today. So I want to introduce everybody to Erica Dorsey and she's the milestone mom. So she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and what milestone mom does. Okay. Welcome sure. Erica. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me, Dr. Nancy. I'm so excited about this because this is what I do in my everyday life. And to be able to come on and kind of hit a more bigger, broader audience is just amazing because parents need this. So my name is Erica Dorsey and I blog at milestonemom.com. I began my journey in early intervention um, almost a decade ago. So I became a pediatric developmental therapist, well, about nine years ago, which early intervention, um, if some of you don't know, is birth to three years old. So that's the age group that I work with. I then went on, I stayed in early intervention, but I became a service coordinator. So I'm actually a service coordinator for early intervention, which is my full-time job in my district, just to let you know, I'm in the Illinois area. So anything that I speak of today is based around Illinois. So I'm sure some states are a little bit different, but from what I understand, the program foundation is the same. So I became a service coordinator about four years ago. I cannot service the same area as a service coordinator and DT. So my full-time job is service coordinator. And then on the weekends or whenever they need me, I do go to a different uh, child and family connections office and do my developmental therapy work with families. So I am kind of twofold. I'm getting kind of back end of early intervention and then also the developmental therapy part. So I'm constantly in families' homes. I came to realize very quickly and being in there for as long as I have is development's one thing. So that's the foundation of Milestone Mom is development. But there is so much emotional stuff that goes along with having a child with a disability or a prognosis. I mean, I go into families' homes and I call them basic speech delays, but I have to be very careful about that because what's basic for me is like huge for another parent. Um, I see kiddos that have terminal illnesses all the way to basic speech delays. So let me back up a little bit because I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I love this and I could probably talk to you for two hours about it. So early intervention is a birth to three program. Um, in the state of Illinois, we are natural environment. So that means that we come into families' homes. We feel like kids strive better when they're in their natural environment and in their home versus going to a group setting. So we are in homes. As a service coordinator, I'm the first mode of contact to parents. So let's say most of our referrals either come in from pediatrician, the health department, or usually um, NICU, like if there's a drug baby 
that was born or if there's a child that was born with Down syndrome, we automatically get those referrals. So those are usually our three referral places. So once that comes into our office, I will get the referral based on the area that I service. I service I don't know, probably six to seven towns around my area right now. Um, I will reach out to the families and schedule an intake meeting. So the intake meeting usually takes about 45 minutes. It's completed in the home, just going over a lot of questions, paperwork, and then we get evaluations scheduled from there. So we go over pregnancy history, development, and then just all the paperwork that we have to do. And then the evaluations come next. Usually that is scheduled within one to two weeks after the intake meeting. And that's based on the, the family's needs. So as a developmental therapist, we are expected to be at every single initial evaluation. You have to have a developmental therapist. And we also come in and do the annual meetings. So let's say I go into a home and the family has speech concerns. So for the evaluations, we'll have a developmental therapist come out and we'll have a speech therapist come out. And what that looks like is the two therapists um, come together. They bring magic bags of toys. <laughs> <laughs> they sit on the floor and they play with the child. I use something called the Battelle Developmental Inventory um, Standardized Test, or BDI-2. So part of that standardized test, we have to see the child doing. But then the other part of that assessment is interview with the parents. So lots of questions for the parents. Some stuff they haven't even thought of. They're being asked. And sometimes they feel like it's an overwhelming situation for the parents. And I just let them know, like, they're going to be getting the reports in the mail, everything that we did, the goals and stuff they'll be getting in the mail, which I think helps them a little bit. So it takes them about 45 minutes to do the evaluations. I come as a service coordinator after the 45 minutes and we have a meeting. And the meeting usually takes about 15 minutes to a half hour. You'll hear the therapist talk about the month equivalent of the child and also the percentage delay of the child. So the parents are hearing all of that at the meeting we'll know if they qualify for services, and then we'll write goals. Now those goals are good for about six months because every six months we have a meeting. And then again, at that annual, we'll have all new reassessments. So that's early intervention in a nutshell. The developmental therapy standpoint of what I do is we look at five different areas of development. So we look at, I'm gonna go ahead and break these down. So we look at adaptive skills. So these are how the child's eating, how are they sleeping, are they, holding out their arms and legs to help assist with dressing. We look at communication. So I just want to go down my checklist here. So we look at communication. There's two areas that most of the time we look at. Well, all the time we look at, we look at expressive language. So that's how the child is um, getting their wants and needs met. And then there's that receptive piece. So what they're understanding, are they following simple directions? As the child gets older, we do throw a third component in there, which is articulation. So if they're old enough, they do look at the sound errors that they're making just to kind of test them on that. So if a child maybe doesn't qualify, like their language is there, they're babbling and they're, they're saying um, so many words, but they're just not understandable, we can qualify them based on the articulation piece of the, the test. And then we also look at fine motor and gross motor. Gross motor obviously is those big things, jumping and running, kicking a ball, throwing a ball. And then the fine motor is the small things, the picking up uh, little pieces with the pincer grasp, the taking the knobbed puzzles and, and placing them in a form board. And then we have the cognitive piece, which is 
I call those pre-academic skills, matching colors, dropping a cube in a bucket, just some of those pre-academic skills, like the puzzle and stuff like that. And then we have the personal social. So this is personal social. So how are they interacting with kids of their age and then how they're interacting with um, adults as well. So, yeah, I feel like I just, (laughs) it is a lot to cover. And I have so much in my mind. Like I said, I could talk to you for two hours about this, but I know we need to, you know. That's all right. For the people watching, um, this sounds a lot like our first step program in Indiana. Yes. I think it's the same thing. Um, It's an in-home type setting and they do similar what you're talking about. So good. Yes. And that, that um, I do have a link that I think we could probably get in the comments here. It's cdc.gov. But if families do have any questions about where their early intervention program is, it will be on that specific link. Um, So I guess they can go to um, cdc.gov early intervention and it lists it by state. And I do want to be very clear. There's a huge misconception with parents. They think that the referral needs to come from a doctor, hospital, the WIC program, and that is so not true. Parents, you can refer your child to our program. So just go to that link, find your state, and it'll have a number there for you. We did have a question, um, just an aside before you go on. Um, What age do you start seeing people for your virtual um, consultations? Um, I honestly, if it's within the range of birth to three, it doesn't matter the age. I do want to make that clear, though. I mean, if your child's 10 and you want to call and talk to me about development, I'd be happy to talk to you about development. And especially some of the things that I deal with my own nine-year-old daughter, because we are dealing with some things with her. But my specialty is birth to three. So if you're within that range, feel free to sign up for the free consultation. Yeah, which is something she's offering today, which um, is wonderful. And we'll have the link in the comments um, of how to get that eventually. But yeah, perfect. Go on, Erica. You got good stuff to share. So. Yeah. Sorry. So just to reiterate, I am giving away that one one hour free consultation. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to any mom, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, but my specialty is zero to three. So um, just keep that in mind when signing up. So I did want to show you, I'm going to go ahead and show you five simple and fun things that you can do with your child. I feel like some parents feel like they have to be in front of their child, like doing flashcards, yeah. flashcards. And It doesn't have to be like that. I mean, kids learn through play and by doing. And another thing I want to say before I go on with these manipulatives is development is so complex. Okay. And I really want parents to breathe. It's okay. You know, I do see several kids that are maybe late walkers who aren't talking yet. So I might get into a home where the child just started walking at 18 months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it used to be back in the day, my oldest is 24, my youngest is nine, where you'd go into the pediatrician and if, if they weren't walking by 12 months, it was like, we've got to do something. And it's just not the case anymore. We feel like typical um, gross motor development with the walking is between nine and 18 months. 18 months is obviously on that later side. But if you have a child that started walking at 18 months, they're probably going to be behind in um, their expressive language because they don't focus on two huge milestones at one time. So I just want to make that clear. I feel like parents are so hard on themselves. For an example, I went into a house not too long ago, very well-educated parents, 
We went through the process. The child qualified for speech. Um, the therapist left. That's when I sit down and do my paperwork with the families and just kind of ask, are you okay with all of this? You know, is it kind of what you thought? And this mom just broke down and, um, and the husband was consoling her and she's like, I really did not think he'd qualify for speech. Like this was huge for her. So I just, I just want parents to kind of breathe and just not force development on their kids right. because there are some kids that are just always three months behind. They were three months behind rolling, crawling, walking, and that's just their child's development. Right. Okay. So some manipulatives that you can do with your child. And I just wanted to make these fun because I mean, at that age, they really learn through play. So if you're sitting on the floor playing with them, what I'm going to show you today, some of these I call special activities. So you know how you have toys out for your kids, right? And they can just kind of go play with the toys, puzzle pieces end up everywhere and things just don't stay together. I always like to have a defined workspace. It might be a blanket on the floor. It might be a little table for them. So they kind of know like, oh, this is like, this is like school time or work time. It doesn't matter the age. They just love doing that. So even maybe puzzles are put up. So puzzle time, you do it at the table. So these are some of the things that you might want to keep up or they're going to be lost all over the house. A strainer, okay, and pipe cleaners. Like this is perfect for fine motor skills. The only ones I had in, in my office were black ones, but you can get colored ones. So you can kind of work on color recognition and stuff like that. They sit here forever and work on these. They'll probably do all the pipe cleaners that you give them, but great idea. Fine motor skills and eye-hand coordination. So I just got these at the Dollar Tree. So we have a container with a lid. And then we have, I even got this from the Dollar Tree. Parents, I definitely recommend that you get this. It's tweezers. It helps with fine motor um, skills. And this is like a eye-hand coordination um, activity as well. So you just pick them up with the tweezers. And they have different size um, pom-poms. These I also got at the Dollar Tree. So if your child has a hard time, there's a little bit, there's bigger ones here that you can put into the jar. Kids love doing this stuff. I mean, it's so simple. Okay, so if you're ready for colors, you can use a muffin tin or I, again, I love the Dollar Tree. So I just got this at the Dollar Tree. I don't know how many people have ice cube trays in their house anymore. Ours comes out of our fridge. <laughs> but um, I got it for this specific purpose. When you're starting to work on colors with your kids, don't overwhelm them. If you notice here, I have a blue and a yellow and all I did was cut out construction paper and tape it down. You don't want six colors in here when they're starting to learn. You might actually even just want to start with the blue. Blue, blue, you know, so they can kind of repeat what you're saying and learn that color. But then you can go to maybe two. And you can, again, you can use these if you want. And they can start sorting the colors or you can just have them put the different colors in there. Something that I don't have with me, which is a good idea. I don't know if you guys have seen those buttons, but they come in different colors and different shapes. So if you're ready to work with shapes, I would get a muffin tin and you can put like a triangle in one of the sections and a circle in the other, and they can start sorting their shapes. I didn't have any of those today or I would have showed you. And then a simple crayon. Okay. So when kids start drawing, they obviously they fist it, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't even really do fist rotation yet. It's more, if you've noticed, it's whole arm when they first start. And then they'll get to the wrist rotation and maybe putting all of their fingers on it, on the writing utensil. But if you feel like they're at an age where maybe we shouldn't be holding the crayon up here or still fisting it, 
break the crayon in half, and then they are forced to use more of their fingers instead of their whole hand. Okay, and then the last one, summer's coming up. I don't know about you guys, but we had a horrible winter in Illinois. We were one of the states that had like a negative 40 degree weather for two days and we were actually off of school and we've had tons of feet of snow. So summer's coming, I'm excited about that. You can get outside with your kids. Around the age of 16 to 18 months is when you can start experimenting with open cup drinking. And usually by around 24 months, they have mastered that. So I got these little Dixie cups from, I actually found these at Kroger in the food aisle, just, um, you know how they have the end caps. Aren't those so cute though? They're great for little hands. And then if your child is just learning to drink out of a cup, just fill it up a little bit and they can drink these outside. And by the end of the summer, I'm sure your child will have open cup drinking mastered. That's the five manipulatives that I wanted to show you guys activities. Wonderful. I think that those are awesome. And I th I'm sure our moms could definitely come up with something like that at home to help their little ones for sure. When would somebody probably seek out some help from like your um, organization? Well, that's a great question. So anytime, I mean, we have babies that come into our program that either have Down syndrome or they've had genetic testing and they already have some sort of diagnosis. Unfortunately, we do see drug babies that are withdrawing from methadone. So it doesn't matter the age. I will say the child will age out of our program the day before their third birthday. So the earlier, the better. I know that's why I wanted to really let parents know that they can refer because I know sometimes, and I'm not getting down on pediatricians at all because they are competent experts. Um, but I, I have talked to families where they'll go in for a well check and they'll say, like, I just feel like there's something wrong with their language. Like, I feel like they should be saying more. And the doctor says, well, let's wait. Let's wait about six months. And then, I, so I go into some of these homes where the child's two and a half and they're like, I told the doctor six months or a year ago. And I'm like, you could have referred to our program and they have no idea. So if you feel like, okay, so I always tell moms, especially listen to your mama heart. Cause if you think there's something wrong, then it needs to be checked out. Um, I even have families that I call it intake and they're like, I feel like I'm wasting your time. Like, I just don't know. And I'm like, that's what we're here for. Let's see, you know, if your child doesn't have a delay, that's what early intervention is for. We can get to him soon and hopefully not need an IEP when they get to school. If they do, that's okay, but we're still getting to them early. If they don't qualify, we just go about our way and you have peace of mind. Another part of our program is we do help with that tr transition process to the school system. So we have to have it completed between 27 and 33 months. We like to push for that 30 month mark just so we don't miss anything. The first step for us in Illinois is really just a meet and greet with the school system or district. So sitting down with that representative, kind of talking about what's been going on in our program with the child. They'll talk about the different programs that they offer. And then legally the school system has to have a child ready to go for school-based services by the time they're three. So that's why we start this process a little bit early. So after our, it's usually about a 15, 20 minute meet and greet. The, I tell the families, just come with any questions that you have about busing, the programs will be discussed. And then um, after that, the school will um, call the families in for an assessment with the child and just kind of figure out what is best for them going forward with school. 
So you see people, babies from zero to three. Let's talk about like a brand newborn. What would a mom be looking for that would trigger her to think, I might need a little help here? To be honest with you, when we see a child that young, for the most part, unless obviously, I mean, I do have kids that are casted. They've got some gross motor. Um, one leg was longer than the other. They had to have surgery. So stuff like that that's apparent is usually caught, obviously, after birth or by the doctor. But if we do come in, usually it's to do a reassessment. We never start ongoing. And usually it's not really so much for gross motor. It's more of maybe like a feeding concern, like not latching or, and sometimes we'll find that the child has a lip or tongue tie. So it's not always gross motor. I'd say the biggest things for gross motor are like weakness in the neck or extreme stiffness in the body. We can see a child for that. But again, if it's warranted, we'll start ongoing. But for kiddos that young, we'll usually come back and do like a three to six month reassessment just so they can kind of develop a little bit more and see if they can kind of figure it out on their own. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious about that. <laughs> Is there anything that um, we didn't touch on that you want to share with everybody before we sign off today? Um, well, let me look at my notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote some stuff down. So I think, okay, so I'll leave with this, okay? okay? If you want to sign up for information about Milestone Mom, like we're growing and we've got big plans coming up. Like I really want to create some sort of membership site or something to where moms can just come and vent with other moms. So that's in the making. So I really want you guys to go to milestonemom.com and at the top of my page, you can sign up for email. Um, that's the number one place that I um, communicate with you guys. And then also if you go to Milestone Mom, there's a Facebook link or icon that you can uh, sign up or you can go over to my Facebook page. Those are the two places that you'll really hear information from me and stuff that's going on. So this is what I'll leave you guys with. I think let's just be careful in blaming ourselves as moms. So many times when I'm in these homes, they're like, what did I do? What could I have done? Sometimes, you know, unless you drank alcohol during or did drugs while you were pregnant, most of the time there's nothing that you could have done different. And I, I do talk to moms too, but my niche really falls in with moms. I get it, guys. Like, I'm in your homes all the time. I see the frustration in between your marriage. Like, dad doesn't think anything's wrong with the child. And mom's like, no, like, there's something wrong. I see that with the marriages and moms being hard on themselves. And there's an emotional thing that goes along with disability. So let's talk autism. <laughs> I haven't even addressed that today. Like, that it's becoming a crisis. Like it seems like all children have autism and there are families that homes that I go into, the mom is isolated. Like she doesn't go anywhere because of the behavioral concerns of their, her child. You know, it's just kids that have sensory concerns that lay there for two hours at night because they just can't turn themselves off or a two-year-old who's still getting up five, six times a night. You know, there's just things that we, I think, don't always talk about. You might mention autism, but what really goes along with that and how are these parents dealing with it? So yeah, I'm big on development, but I really want to own a piece of the internet that talks about the emotional side of this because it's, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And it's something I think we really don't think about a lot of, I recently went to a conference and they had a mom of an autistic boy come in and talk to us. And I was like, you know, oh my gosh, it was so eye opening because we don't think about the mom. We think, oh, what a great parent. You really got patience, but we really don't 
you know, think about it. So yes, I think it's a wonderful option, you know, to be able to have a place where moms can go to talk and just be real. So yeah, and I, yeah, and I agree. I mean, there's, there's moms, I'm in some of these Facebook groups who are at the point where their child is older, like 21 now, and they physically cannot pick them up. Like nursing care is expensive. So in their mind, they're contemplating a group home. Yeah. Because they just cannot get the needs met in the home. And it, Oh, it's devastating for these parents. And I just feel for them. There is, I do want to mention one thing. I went to a website the other day. It's actually a Facebook page. It's called, have you heard of team? What is it? The, um, the B team. No, no. Okay. It's fantastic. He, there's a documentary on that page called the kids we lose. And I recommend everybody watching this to go watch that. They did a fantastic job about kids in the school system and they did a great job by not pinpointing fault at parents at the school at professionals it's really all encompassing of what what a crisis this is i mean i've talked to parents who have actually pulled their kids out of school to homeschool because the 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 school system just can't accommodate to some of their needs. And I don't know, like, I love the all inclusion thing that um, we do now, but teachers have so much stuff going on that I think that they weren't prepared to deal with. And that in and of itself is a crisis in in an academic. So I really want you guys to go and and watch that. You know, even in my my daughter's school, we're in a fantastic school district and she even had to deal with a classmate who would completely destroy the classroom. And so behavioral issues are exploding. And I don't know. Well, they can go to the, your website, milestonemom.com, yes. and get some support. So absolutely. Thank you so much, Erica. And as a reminder, she is giving away one one hour free um, virtual consultation. So um, I'm not sure how we're going to give that away, but we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And if they just want to sign up at that link, that would be great. And then I can just kind of pick in. Okay. I'll do, I'll do a random drawing to see who gets okay. that. Wonderful. And then if you find this information valuable, please share it. Please um, get the word out about the milestone mom. What she's doing is really wonderful. So like this video, share it, get it out there. So thank right. you, Erica, for coming. I really appreciate it. And it was really wonderful to meet you. All right. Thanks, Dr. Nancy. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.